Oh, Will was about to go to sleep eating his wife beater. Nah, he'd been like that all night. That's just kind of how I was feeling. Oh, so moody wood. Man, I went to, um, sorry, y'all, I went to take my mother-in-law to uh, Red Lobster. Again? Hey, bro. You don't have to stop using that. You use that excuse already. No, we didn't go to Red Lobster. We went to the shady sweet restaurant with the um, prostitutes last time. But she going home tomorrow, so we had to show our appreciation. due respect this is chef and as always when listening to our podcast tell niggas you like our podcast subscribe tell your friends give us some money it is episode 153 john well with the white voice what up Five thousand outside florida it's your boy j joe it's just a meter broke you don't know what you're talking about right on so yeah how's everybody been What's been going on with y'all niggas, man? <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, How's down. everybody? Yeah. I got double down on the, uh, on the, how you doing? Uh, so I start. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been chilling, had a good time, got out the house a little bit, went to the, uh, Jaguars and Rams game. Actually, just the Rams game. The Jaguars, I don't think, ever got off the fucking bus, but. That's a story for another day. Yeah, you weren't in Jacksonville though. You was in Los Angeles. That's exciting. What was um, yeah? Time? I mean, but I was I was just there for a, a quick turn, just um, hanging out. Uh, went by my homeboy uh, DJ Artistics, a uh, little birthday bash. So it's cool. Like, saw some saw some folks from college I hadn't seen in a while. Cool little yeah. outing. It was supposed to be like our little team outing, but as you know, I have a a mushy baby at the crib, so I didn't come, but <laughs> tell me more. Tell us more. I mean, I try to find out, you know, live through y'all, y'all's experiences, man. But that I was mean, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all I got. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but it, it was cool. And, you know, that's not my normal thing. Like, I normally just be home doing yeah. shit, so that was it. Like, shit for me, not much is a lot. So it was cool. It worked out. Saw so my cousin. Hadn't seen him in a minute. Had a good conversation with him. Chopped it up. That was cool. I was glad I went. Okay. All right. Well, what's going on with you, J. Joe? Hey, man. You know, uh, same old, same old, bro. I don't think I got anything exciting either to talk about. Um, no, I don't, you know, so keep it. Keep moving. I would. How about this is you, man? And unclimactic. This is why we don't do this fucking part of the fucking show. Also, <laughs> if niggas showed the fuck up on time for fucking podcasts, we wouldn't have to do this goddamn chit chat that we're doing right now. Didn't shit happen to me today, neither. Let's move on with the show. Yes, you got Moody Wood tonight. Hold on, nah, man. No, you, you got Moody Wood tonight. Oh, I see this nigga white ass beard and his teeth talking shit to me. Turn the <laughs> light on, nigga. <laughs> what uh 
a little backstory. So uh, we're waiting <laughs> on Chef to come on the podcast because um, he was running late. So Wood gave a a, a hard uh, nine o'clock cutoff, um, and he said he did that because he didn't want me to be negotiating with him for like three more minutes. So then nine o'clock hit. Uh, all three of us were talking. And then this nigga just dropped off the thing and say bye bye, uh, like throw no peace sign and that. The nigga just clicked off. Very rude, if you ask me. Um, I heard. Me, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how this nigga gets down, but it's kind of par for the course, so nobody takes it personal. I'm, I'm consistent. Uh, nigga. I think it's consistent. Um, so me and five thousand because we're friends. We just kept chit chatting. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, when I came in, it was like, yeah, man, I had a good time. We was eating some creme Right. Was, right. That's what's up. Mm. So then, uh, guess who pops up uh, two minutes after Wood hangs up? Oh, it's Chef. Uh, all quiet, like, and uh, knowing that he he's guilty. It's kind of like when your dog pisses while you're gone and you come in, they have that look on his face. So um, I hit this nigga Wood up, and I was like, hey, man, uh, remember them three minutes? So Wood was like, all right. But since Wood been, has been on, this nigga has switched into a black uh, old dog, or uh, we don't oh, call it wife beater, uh, a shirt. chef beater, a sheet, uh, a shirt, a chef beater, and he won't cut the lights on. Uh, it's very distracting, and he's very angry. Wood is giving me my mama in 1995 vibes um, as fuck. Like, I remember one day, I was late. I went out with some friends bowling on the north side of Indianapolis. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm going to be home by midnight because that's my curfew. And when I, I and the car broke down. The car broke down. So I took Meridian Street all the way from the north side to the south side, which was an hour and a half drive. So I got home at 1.30. When I opened the door, my mother looked just like Wood right now. White and beard and all. In a wife beater. A white the beard. Dark. That shit crazy. With a white, with a white beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had on a Santa Claus beard. Uh, a, so uh, scary. I'm not gonna say I, had a, I had a similar story to that. Um, I went out one night. Same thing. I feel like my curfew was probably like midnight or whatever. And so I had gone out to like this club that everybody used to go out to. And most of y'all probably familiar with cool runnings or whatever. So. Cool Runnings and Big Rankings had just come out to town. They had been like on a little hiatus for a minute. So I went and hung out and I got home late. So when I came around the corner, um, I noticed that my light was on to my room. Because like when you turn the corner by my house, my house was the second one out the corner. I'm like, damn, I left my light on. And um, came in the house, walked to my room. My mom was sitting there on the computer just playing solitaire. Like... Don't plan on going there. Yes. Oh, hey, boy, that would make me. Don't plan on going nowhere for a minute. Q Luther Vandross. What were we supposed to have that on Q? Oh, yeah. The boys night out. I've never had that issue because I was a good child. I would call my mama. Well, Call her with what in 1995? 1995. Well, that's what I'm saying. So my, I was driving for my homeboys. So. Jimmy Wallets was the last nigga before I got home, so my curfew was midnight. So if it was after midnight, as soon as the nigga got home, got inside, I said, "Hey man, call my mama." Nigga will call my mama till I'm on the way, nigga. So no, I never had to worry about that. But a story that I 
can tell because I don't have one of those stories. One of my homeboys, uh, he was messing with this chick who had a boyfriend at fam, and like he knew the dude. He was pretty cool with the dude, and like uh, he was messing with the chick and fell asleep because they were both drunk. And then he woke up with the nigga standing over him, and he was in his in his boxes. Um, so yeah, like and they he said, made love. Oh, sweet, sweet, dirty love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he said to nigga. So I was like, the nigga didn't want like fight you. He was like, nah, the nigga looked more hurt than anything. Like, what's happening? What's going on here? And then he was like, nah, man, she was drunk. So I just, you know. Brought her home for you, and I guess the nigga like didn't want to believe the truth, like Carl Thomas. So he was like, "Oh man, I appreciate it." And I dapped that nigga up, and then like left. Um, so yeah, Wood. I saw it was your son's birthday, man, and it looked like it was a cowboy thing. Yeah, it was great. I'm gonna go get a drink. You guys talk amongst yourselves about Wolf's birthday. It was great. It was outstanding time. Wild Wild West, uh, guns and shit, cake. Wings and a, pizza. A saloon. Plus saloon. Petting outstanding zoo. Like a fucking. Petting zoo was in there. Yep, there were animals there as well. Animals, grass. Outstanding fucking time. You guys should do that. I'm going to go get a drink. You guys talk. You already had grass over there. <laughs> Look here, goddammit. Can, <laughs> can I go get my fucking drink? <laughs> no, it was cool. <laughs> no, it was cool. Um, yeah, it was my son's. Uh, it was his third birthday. Um, and we did, uh, yeah, petting zoo or whatever. We had the animals come over. Yeah, about 14, 15 kids over there. So we, oh, just did it. we just did it at the crib. They brought the animals through, man. And they love the animals. Kids love animals. It was really weird because, well, not weird. It was just interesting because it was a little kid birthday. He's three. But the big kids loved the animals more than the little kids did. So well, the animals y'all had. I saw the goat. And man, what, had, I know y'all had other animals. They had animals I didn't even know about. So they had a, a pig named Wilbur or something like that. It was a pig. It was a duck. It was a goat. And it was some type of Irish something cow. It was a that that the furry thing was actually a cow named Ferdinand. And uh and it was a pony too. It was a little pony. Not a riding pony, but it was a pony there too. And they just gotta play with, they just gotta play with the pony man. So that's what the birthday party was. Um so you told you told a little little story on your story instagram about your wife coming in and saying that he needed a saloon uh for his birthday like last minute yeah man so i mean i don't i mean to, to a married nigga it's not a it's not a crazy story because this is the type of shit we deal with but like basically it came out of nowhere she's like yeah uh wolf is doing a wild wild west theme for his birthday like, all right cool yeah not a problem you know sounds legit um he needs a saloon i'm like saloon that doesn't that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, why would he need a saloon? First off, he doesn't know what a fucking saloon is. And second off, they serve alcoholic beverages. Like, we're not about the saloon. doesn't make any sense. She was like, well, I want a saloon for his 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 trip or whatever. Not the trip, the party. I was like, all right. And got quiet. And I was like, not saying anything. And then she was like, not saying anything. Then it was like, bleep, bleep picture of a saloon comes through the motherfucking dms and i'm like oh man so it actually was a saloon picture and i'm like i I really don't feel like making this shit so some time goes by and i kind of neglecting to talk about the saloon in the room 
And I was like, fuck it. I think I got to do this fucking saloon. So I went next door to my neighbor across the street. Man, let me get some of them pallets. Got some of them pallets. So, okay. that So that was my question. Like, I was like, where the fuck does nigga get wooden pallets from? He had a rack of pallets, too. I was wondering that shit, too. You can okay. always find a pallet. People are always trying to get rid of pallets. And people are always looking for pallets. So I found some pallets and chopped them <laughs> I up. I didn't know niggas was looking for pallets. Pallets, like, there's a whole, like, craft underworld of pallets. There's so much you can do with pallets. I've seen pallet furniture. That's yeah, there's pallet furniture. There's people that, like, buy, buy and sell yeah. uh, pallets. Yeah. So, like, I, I pass by this pallet selling place all the time. Pallets are hot in the streets, man. So, I got two of his pallets before he threw them away or he repurposed them. Because he's a big DIYer, too. So, he was like, man, you know, how many you need? I was like, two, man. He was like... Like man, you about to, they about to come drop off some more stone. He's getting his patio made. Like they about to drop off some more stone. You gonna get some more pallets? He was like, yeah, you're right. You can go ahead and get two. Go ahead and pick out two or whatever off the side of the house. I'm like, all right, cool. So he let me have two. He I don't think he was gonna be cool with three, but he did let me have two, and I chopped them up and made the saloon. That shit was sweet. Like you did that in a day, a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, this nigga. I need to be more like you one day. Nah, man, don't do that, man. That shit's work. <laughs> hey, man, the worst the worst thing you could do is let motherfuckers know that you handy with some fucking tools, boy. I'm gonna tell you right now, niggas be at your crib asking you to build the Taj my fucking hall. Thing is, I was in bed talking to my wife, and I was like, "Yeah, man, that nigga Wood had a um, petting zoo for his baby, man. Niggas is really blessed out here. Like, this is the shit that we used to talk about white people doing back in the day that had money. So I'm just like." That shit's dope. But Between I mean, pretty Steve crib and this, this is like niggas is, is doing big things. But that shit wasn't even as expensive, like talking about it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it just takes a little bit of thought. Cause a nigga will spend that much money doing some regular shit at the skating rink and they buy their kid like a Louis fucking backpack or some dumbass shit. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas spend the money regardless. It's better to spend yeah. the money just putting a little bit of thought into your child's birthday as opposed to dressing them little bastards up like adults. When they don't even need half that shit, but that's a good point. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I definitely don't believe in that shit. I feel you. All right, cool. So, chef, how was your weekend? What happened? It was cool, man. Like that nigga, um, Randy Hustleman came to town <clears throat> and was like, "Yo, man, let's get up." And I was like, "That's cool. I got a newborn and everything, but I'll make time for you because you're in town. You feel me?" So I called him. I, call, I hit him up. I hit up Pretty Steve. I was like, let's go um, meet and have some cigars and watch some football in the afternoon. And he's like, bet. Next thing I know, I'm driving to the motherfucking spot. And Randy Hustleman hit me up. He's like, man, I can't co- I can't go no more. Shit canceled. Here's the thing. Man, niggas, if you, if you don't want to kick, if you want to kick it, you need to really be solidified, especially when niggas got like, families and newborn babies like getting out and kicking is not is a commodity it's not like a, a shit where it's like simple to do so i was mad about that shit so i'm calling a nigga out for that um <laughs> other than that it's been cool i was late because um i took my um mother-in-law to uh red lobster um for dinner obviously red lobster is a fine dining establishment in the black community and it means a lot of things to us culturally so went to red lobster and had a good time had some lobster and steak you know what I'm saying had endless shrimp going um so it was just really a celebration all around um, my mother-in-law has been here since september 
So she's been really instrumental in helping us get ready for our baby. So wanted to um, show our appreciation. At the end, the, um, the head chef of Red Lobster came out and thanked us for coming and asked us if we enjoyed our desserts because I don't think niggas eat dessert there. So I think they were just surprised. Does, does the head chef in Red Lobster have like a chef's coat? He did. And his name was Peter. Because it, it was written on his on his chef's coat. I did not know that shit. I was like, this nigga got on chef's coat. Head chef named Peter. That's yeah, cool. man. The joke writes no, itself. You, right, you did. You messed the joke. Oh, uh, that was like a dick joke. Right, because Peter. Come on. I don't know. Let's keep the score at home. How many? Um, how many dinners is this? this? I think you missed another podcast due to dinner. I did. Uh, I was. It, I, we rescheduled that one because we went to the the smutty um, fine steak restaurant that ended up being like a, a, a whorehouse, and I didn't know. So it wasn't. So, it was a whore night tonight. That night it was. This was a regular night at um, at Red Lobster's. The fine. Uh, Isn't night. every night at the Red Lobster whore night? I would like, think so. I don't think so. I, I, I think that's what Beyonce night. said. She was like, true, "Wouldn't he fuck true, me true. good?" That was, but that's about love, I think, or lust. But at any rate, it's I think Red Lobster is a fine family restaurant, um, so I would put that in a different category. Um, well, speaking of music and shit, let's go into verses. So they had the the juicy, oh, juicy J. They had three six verse, verses on um, Bone Thugs verses last week. Um, so I, I I didn't watch it myself. I got really really high on accident and ended up watching um watching the the beat and uh, what was it called the Soul Train Awards. I had to watch the re rewatch of that, so I I missed it. So I woke up early the next morning and watched um the verses in its entirety. And Jesus, I wish I would I wish I was there live for it because what an experience. Um, I am personally. I mean, I already said my 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 thoughts on three six. Three six is like the music I grew up listening to more so in my community. So I was I was all for three six. Um, it was a great experience. I loved every bit of it. I I expected the fight. I I fully expected the fight. If it's Memphis niggas versus Cleveland niggas, I think that's a recipe for violence. So when violence ensued, I I welcomed it. I appreciated it. And I, I like the fact that they were able to kind of overcome that shit because it was coming anyway. But yeah, in terms of verses, I would say it's number it's number four on my list right now for all the verses we've seen so far. Uh, what was y'all's thoughts on, on the verses? So, um, I mean, I'm probably the only person that's going to go against the against three six. Um, thought it was a great versus. I thought it was very entertaining. Typically, I get bored and don't want to watch all of that shit. I really watched the entire uh, the entire verses. I do not feel that three six won the verses. I know I'm in the fucking minority there, but um, I, personally, I thought a a lot of good music conversations came out of it. Um, a lot of people, you know, were saying stuff like, oh, well, the South got something to say. And I'm like, the South got something to say is very interesting because that quote came from this very time. I think it's either a year before or a year after, um, these albums, like the bigger albums came out, you know what I'm saying? And one, it was like, I don't expect anybody from the South to say that three, six didn't win. 
Um, one, specifically because the South got something to say is very much in the same vein of a Bone versus 3-6 Mafia. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bone was a commercial smash hit at that motherfucking time, very much in the same vein of music of that time. You feel me? Um, it was kind of a Cali vibe. You know, it was Cali music, and the South was kind of going through its initial growth of becoming, you know, the biggest music on the scene. And they weren't getting the love that, you know what I'm saying, that they felt that they were that they were due, you feel me? And 3-6 was very much at the center of that. And I think a lot of that was also played out in the discussion on the verses between 3-6 and Bone. Um, but I also realized that a lot of you, a lot of you people are are really, really either young or stupid. Um, because I was like, all right, well, cool. 3-6 versus Bone. There should be a conversation there. All right, let's talk about the tracks. But then a lot of motherfuckers are saying dumb shit like, oh, well, the only sweet song that Bone had was the one with Lil Jon. And I'm like, Lil Jon? Yeah. It, it, whatever Lil Jon song where it featured uh, Crazy Bone. I'm like, for one, that wasn't really even a big Bone. It wasn't a Bone song. It was a crazy song. It was a feature. And they just needed something to put in there to go against the the other feature track. But some people just don't know Bone. They didn't listen to Bone. They were probably too young to listen to Bone. Bone had a very small window, first and foremost. And if you weren't old enough to listen to Bone, I don't expect you to know a lot of those fucking songs outside of fucking Crossroads. But it was a really interesting music conversation from a Southern standpoint. Um, Ron gave me some gave me some some feedback. You know what I'm saying? DJ Artistic gave me some feedback uh, around the Cali vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, Bone sounds like Cali music, especially was like Faces of Death in East 1999. That sounds like Cali music to me. He broke down like the difference between the Cali influence Cleveland vibe and the actual Cali music. I never heard what a, I never knew what a Moog Moog synth is. Moog synth. Oh, like the like the sound. Yes, I never knew what the fuck that was. Like he was like, oh, you talking about the moog moog whatever the fuck how you say it moog synths moog synths however you say it. And I was like, oh, well, that's the sound that I associate with Cali music. And he was like, yeah, you know, he kind of broke that down. I guess that comes from DJ Unique. But a lot of good music conversations came out of Bone Verse Three Six. And I, I mean, I would love to talk about those more in depth. You know, either at a future date or something like that. But it was a great versus where you can have residual conversations after the fact. I still think Bone won, though. <clears throat> yeah. Some people think crack is good, too. Um, So, I listened to the whole... I watched the whole thing. So, uh, the beginning of Versus... This is the first time I think I've seen the beginning of Versus in a long time, where they're having these DJ battles um, to see, I guess, who's going to be the main... Whatever, whatever contest, DJ contest that they're having. When I tell you, like, one of them niggas were going off at the beginning, like, with their mixes and shit. Like, if you didn't see that shit, you should definitely check it out. Um, so, when Bone and 3-6 came, first came out, I knew, like, mm, this wasn't, like, gonna be all funded games, right? It wasn't gonna be fucking unicorns, rainbows, and fucking lollipops. Uh, who's that? Wish, Wish, Wishbone? That's the... The... the, the no. Nah. So not wish. The one who was doing uh, all the talking? Yeah. Which one is he? I was lazy. That was lazy bone. That was that was lazy bone. Lazy, right. So lazy looks you know, they they were gonna Wait, let lazy. You talk. The one who started the fight? 
No, Busy, no, 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 busy not, started not busy, the fight. No, Lazy no, Bone no, was the one that was the the host on the bone side, basically, doing all right. the shit talking. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, L- Lazy came out, like, talking shit. Like, he looked like he was going to be the shit talker. You know what I'm saying? So, he, he came out there, like, I'm I'm going to, like, I'm going to be the aggressor in all of this. Uh, 3-6 came out there. Initially, it was just Juicy J, um, DJ Paul, Kangsta Boo, and Crunchy Black, he had on the ski mask. So I was like, "Is that really Crunchy Black?" Because I mean, we all know Crunchy Black has drug yeah. problems. And once that nigga took it off, you could see it in his face. Nigga, like eighty-two years old. But um, so yeah, so you know, initially, you know, they were just going back and forth. It would look like some lighthearted uh, banter, maybe not light lighthearted, maybe medium-hearted banter. <laughs> um, but like, if you don't know the history, Bone and Three Six really had beef at one time. Um, like the song "Live by Your Rep" is about bonus of three six early, early, early track uh, where they just diss and they both have diss songs uh, talking about each other. But uh, Bone really feels like not Bone three six really felt like Bone stole their style. Um, you can debate that back and forth. You can go back listen to early Bone and early three six whatever. Um, but it was it's some. It was some real tension, and I think it just uh, reared his head during. Uh, which which during part of the, the style, Jay? Was it the delivery? Is that what we're talking about? The, it, like the triplet, yeah. So. Okay, uh, got it. Like all of my life, I've been looking for one of the finest, the greatest of all of the women that takes it to the top of the lip with the pennies, so many, so many been fucking with skinny. That that type shit, right? Um, so that's because if you listen to early Bone, that's not how they rapped. But anyway, we can debate that all day. Um, so at one point, Busy was doing his shit or whatever. I think, Bo- I mean, Bone 3-6, I think, came out 2-0. and oh, And then Bone did some song, Busy was rapping. And DJ Paul and Gangsta Boo were, looked like they were ballroom dancing. And after that, Busy, I'm not going to let you ugly motherfuckers mock me while I'm doing my shit. And Gangsta Boo <laughs> threw the water bottle. And then, you know, violence ensued. Um, and I thought that was going to be the end of it. Like they they went to the fucking we'll be right back screen, you know what I'm saying? And I thought that was the end of it. I think everybody did, uh, but I think everybody saw the benefit of them going on. I think on the especially on the bone side. I think the niggas was like, ah, oh, this is a time for us to get our streams back up. You know, some people that might not have heard our music before can hear it now. Um, so they they kept going, and I'm glad that they did too because the second half of the verses was incredible you know what i'm saying uh minus the the mic issues you know what i'm saying so a lot of times they were just lip syncing like when um project pat came out with little chat i mean you couldn't hear anything they said even when they brought out is it latasha or shatasha you couldn't really hear her but i thought that I'm glad they brought her out. I'm glad Project Pat LeChat came back out. I mean, came out, did uh, Chicken Head. 3-6 brought out Lil Wayne, A-Ball, MJG, Young Buck. Uh, who's that? It's hard out here from a pimp digger. Uh, uh, Terrence Howard. Yeah, man. Yeah, Terrence Howard. That was Flip. Cool. Y'all brought Flip out there. Lil Flip. Yeah, that's what. And then they brought out uh, Lil John. Uh, Chameleon there came out, didn't mm-hmm. he? Right yep. there. He took a break from yeah. venture capitalism, being rich, to come right. bless us yeah. with a song. 
That nigga so rich he grew a beard, didn't he? Like that nigga like Yeah. That nigga, yeah, that nigga looked like money. Right. Speaking of looking like money, right? Um this verse has also showed like the difference between being like a writer, producer versus a rapper. Like DJ Paul and Juicy J just looked like they had a lot of money. You yeah, know what I'm saying? They look successful as fuck. Bone looked like let's say Bone, Gangsta Boo, Crunchy Black. Them niggas don't look like they've been nope. eating uh nope. red lobster. You know what I'm saying? Like so I mean, just if you, I don't know if niggas still trying to be in the music business, but like writing, producing, that's that's where your money comes. Mm-hmm. Like, because Bone look like then none of them niggas call each other, ask what they were going to wear tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just gangsta, gangsta blue look like she was right out of Rainbow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it was sad, it, you know, but <laughs> Juicy J looked like money. Again, yeah. niggas got money. Somehow they know, they find out how to grow their hair. You know what I'm saying? DJ Paul was his little hand, his little baby hand was holding like a Gucci scarf, scarf all night. Yeah. Like them niggas just look like money. So, wait, DJ Paul got a little hand? I never noticed. Where that. have you been? What? Yeah, that's a running joke. I never. God damn, for real? Let me Google that yeah. shit. Okay. Somebody, somebody was asking, was that scarf like? Was he holding it or was that like attached to his like little glove? <laughs> like, it was. It was so many jokes. Oh man, how could you miss all that? Yeah. Anyway, um, there's so many uh, Paul jokes, but um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a I thought it was a, a good versus. Um, it's not one of my favorite just because of the music issues. Like this could have been really well. I mean, really well. This could have been really really good if like the sound was better and the sound was trash on so many tracks and you couldn't hear people rapping. Um, but yeah, it, it was cool. I mean. I mean, we, we've seen a lot better, so it might be in the top, but, maybe eight. But I just, I just feel that it doesn't like this. There's so much to talk about with this versus because I think this kind of shows the essence of Southern hip hop. Because me, honestly and truly, there are some songs from Three Six that I listen to again that I used to love, honestly and truly. Like hit a motherfucker, and I listen to it again, and I'm like, this is not a good song. But know, man. that shit hits hard as fuck. That shit gets you going. Like the shit has the nostalgia to it. But like, is it a good? Like, is it a good song? What song it's, is this? I bet you won't hit a motherfucker. Hit. Uh, that's a. You make a good point though. But it's like it was a song of our youth. Like this. This shit was cranking when what? we was like in high school. When we was like. Or just getting into college, you know what I'm saying? Like testing my gangster. I listen to right. testing my gangster once a week, but it's like the shit's like high energy music. It's like young people music. Well, we like but, in our forties, so it's like does is I ain't gonna just start bouncing around no more. It ain't, it ain't really my shit no more. But that's the thing. That's the thing that Southern hip hop gave us, right? So yeah. before Southern hip hop, you had to have a good song, period. Like if a Cali song wasn't good, it's not. It's not gonna hit if an East Coast song was not good. And honestly and truly, like Wu Tang, I don't like a lot of them motherfucking songs. If it wasn't a good song, it wasn't gonna fucking hit, right? So you had to have some lyrics, you had to have some production, you had to have like these are album type songs, right? There's a lot going to the songs. Southern hip hop brought us a song where that shit doesn't necessarily have to be a good song. 
And I'm not just picking on three six. We can bring sixty nine boys well, into this motherfucking shit. We can bring Luke into this motherfucking shit where there are so many dynamics that were brought to a song in Southern hip hop where a song could be good as fuck without being good as fuck. And I, mm, but you, you have, you have, you have regionals, but you have regional music, right? So like booty music was shake that ass bitch. And let me see what you got. So that's at that time. It's just regional. You got put your one leg up. You got go-go songs that aren't good songs, yeah. but, but because it's a certain genre, you can do that with, where they at? Ho. All New Orleans early bounce music. You right. know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't just put that at. I think that's just some regional music aren't really good songs. They're just regional music. Right. But I'm saying, but, 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 but that became idiosyncratic to the point where fast forward 10 years, 10, 15 years, and we get trap slash mumble music. Not saying that three six gave birth to the mumble rapper and all of that shit. No, three six three three no. six gave three hey, six get no three three six gave. First of all, three six can rap, so we're not gonna get into that. Lord infamous, rest in peace. Um, but so three six gave us crunk music. So what what Atlanta stole and made crunk music. That's what um, Atlanta gave us. Just like Atlanta stole booty music from Florida. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just I don't. I, I don't know if you can blame it. I think it just might be the. No, I'm not trying to blame anybody. I'm just saying so it's saying a, that, that mumble rapper. Mumble rap is the evolution of crunk music. I'm saying that southern music brought us southern hip hop brought us more dynamics of a song, to where a where a song had to traditionally be. I guess more all around a solid song. Like there had to be some people were concerned about lyrics. People were concerned about vocals or whatever right where you enter even even west coast kind of contributed this with tupac and them you didn't even need like master p brought us so many fucking subpar fucking vocalists on a fucking hip-hop track that it was fucking sad but those songs went fucking hard nigga moby dick could not fucking sing but that track hit Oh yeah, I mean, tell the, tell the club up was definitely the beginning of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell the club up was definitely the beginning of those type songs. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I was saying, yeah, I'm not getting down on some hip hop at all. I mean, it's just it was a what what do you call it, J. Joe? It was a turning point or whatever of music, and three six is very much at the beginning of that to change hip hop as we know it. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree with that. Um, from that lyrical miracle shit to something like that was more soulful. I mean, we could say it's, I'm saying soulful because it's based on more energy and feeling than lyrical content. It wasn't just the music. It was the combination of how you felt when you listened to it. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm, we're not going to debate it on here. I, I made the, um, the statement that MJG is the best rapper to come out of Memphis, which basically means out of Tennessee. Uh, I got a lot of positives. I got a couple people with some pushback. A lot of some people want to say Project Pat. I'm just gonna say this on the uh, Project Pat. Pot, that, right. That's crazy. Well, uh, not not so. Yeah, these are people from Memphis, right? I'll just say this, and uh, on another forum we can talk about it. Project Pat is very style based. 
um, like his styles would bring people in, and his uh, content is very one note, whereas MJG uh, can flip styles, and his content is uh, can be about anything. So yeah. I'm just putting that out of there on the podcast before we yeah. end. Pat Pat has an really. awesome delivery and flow, but like pure lyrics, I just don't see that. MJG had delivery, flow, and he had lyrics. I don't under. I wouldn't put Pat up against MJG. I'm scared of Pat if that counts or anything. Like, I, well, you know, he gave his he gave his life to the Lord. Now he, he does like, Word? yeah, shit. I would big, still not with Pat. He's a big Christian, but you'll fuck with Larry Hooper, right? No, no. I'll I'll be by myself. He don't know me like that. Andy in the Andy in the clink. The thing is, Larry Hoover's in prison. Ooh. Um. Right, he he did that shit right. So again, uh, all right, again on your own ledge. I thought you. So so no, nigga, that's what I said beforehand. I thought you was joking. No, so you posted for social media and for all gang members to see. uh, Larry Hoover did that shit, right? I did. Chef did that. Okay, now go ahead. It was a question mark. I was like, Larry, he did that shit right? Because there's a thing. Not that's not what you put. Okay, maybe I did put a period. Here's the thing, though. Um, so they're having a Larry Hoover benefit concert. What's what's the charity? What are they gonna do? They're gonna because they they charging like two thousand dollars for the nosebleeds, twelve thousand dollars for the red for the like the, the sweet seats to see Drake and fucking Kanye rap together. Is the money going to his legal defense fund? What's what's this for? Did y'all give any background on Larry Hoover for the uninitiated? For those people who don't know gang culture and who the fuck Larry Hoover is? Quite honest, I'm from the suburbs of Indiana. Um, I don't know gang culture. I just know... How them your people is a Midwest gang? Right. Yeah, and you know what? Nigga like me kind of stayed at the crib. But Larry Hoover was one of the um, founders of the Gangster Disciples... <clears throat> based out of um, Chicago, Chicago gangland, gangland, gangland. Um, he's been in prison. He was convicted for murder, conspiracy, extortion. He he was convicted for everything. Larry Hoover is 71 years old. And he, well, that's, that's just he's, ser- he's serving six life sentences right now. Jesus Christ. Serving li- six life sentences. Apparently he's in federal prison in Florence, Colorado. That don't sound bad. No, 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 Not federal prison, my dude. <laughs> the super, super, super maxes, <laughs> like. Oh, AD, oh, ADX is a super max. <laughs> ah, the shit. <laughs> Maximum oh, <my> security. God, <laughs> <super> <laughs> <laughs> Damn, nigga, you did so. Okay, okay. Oh, well, here, listen, listen. Listen, listen. Let, let me let me even let me take out. Did he do it or did he not do it? Question. And this is, I think, this is a fair question. If a nigga's put in the supermax prison, like the shit you see on in movies, <laughs> where the nigga's under by five, fifteen layers of bars, did did he not do it? What I don't think that matters. They just be trying to get money at that point. I mean, like if you build a supermax, they just want names. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that he necessarily did it, but he's a huge name 
in criminality, I guess that's the word. So you can't have this nigga at club fed. You can't have this nigga in a minimum security prison like in San Bernardino in California somewhere. He's got to be in some sort of supermax. Like, but he's 71 years old. This nigga been in prison since 1973. This was before Kanye and Drake was even like a concept in their daddy's um, nutsacks. Like they weren't even thought of. But he was probably Why still selling drugs from the prison, though. Season. Most of them niggas still sell drugs from prison. So I don't see why he be and any send out hits. I mean, yeah. that nigga is the the leader of one of the biggest black gangs in the world. I mean, and most violent. Anyway, so. So, so they yes. have a concert, concert. Form, and it's very yeah. expensive. Uh, I see the people I know in L.A. who are rich um, talking about, yeah, we about to be out there. You feel me? We about to go out there. I got me a couple of tickets. So niggas going to be out there with their rich ass watching this concert. My question is, isn't it, wasn't there a better way of kind of benefiting people in general? Could there have been another philanthropic? Uh, philanthropic? Where about say, what's that dang at? Philanthropic? How, how do you say it? Correct. Philanthropic. Fuck, I'm not going to say it right. It's a three. Philanthropic. 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 There, there it is. He's right. Ding, ding J. Joe, though. But I, I didn't say it wrong. Right. You I did. Philanthropic. You didn't. I think it's like this teeth. <laughs> and you follow and you follow Urkel obsessed before you get into all this gang shit. I realize that you have a problem. Like, do you or don't you follow a page called Urkel obsessed? But why do you know that? I'm just saying it's yes or no. I do. Okay. All right. Go ahead with your gang shit. <laughs> I don't know what that have to do. Are you either. are you obsessed with Urkel? We've talked about this. Yes. Okay. During the time when COVID was first cracking, everybody lost their mind. I was watching Family Matters three times a day. We've talked about this. Don't, don't, don't do this. I just didn't know that you followed Urkel obsessed. That's it. Okay. Now we we go and um, unbury all niggas' issues. No, yes, it's I, not I, an I, issue. No, it, man, it's you, kind you, of an issue. I can no, admit it. No, you posted you posted something from Family Matters, and then I was like, oh, I clicked on it to share it, and then I was like. Oh, this is this shit is from Urkel Obsessed. And it says followers and your name was right there. Was, hmm. Anyway, go ahead. I still so yeah, so I don't think I don't there's think, something better to do than but, but they're not they're not giving all the money to um Larry Hoover. They they are doing some um things for different communities. Well, why can't we give money to Larry Hoover? I don't understand. I mean, I mean, even if he did it, like, why can't we give money to Larry Hoover? I mean, white people just paid for Kyle Rittenhouse's full defense fund. I don't understand why we can't give it to Larry Hoover. Why? Why we gotta give all that money to Larry Hoover? My thing is, why is this shit so expensive? How much was it? Drake and Kanye. What's the dollar amount? Oh yeah, Drake and Kanye. That's gonna run you. So I'm how much? That, that's an expensive concept anyway. Right. If they did that shit for Greenpeace, that shit is expensive. They did that shit for their damn self. That shit is gonna be expensive. Right. I got a question. Like, if y'all niggas were gonna join a gang, what gang would y'all join? I don't really know enough about them. It What's wouldn't. The name of Joel's I mean, church. 
I don't know. I'd have to join one of them New York versions that's not that violent. I'd be like a New York Crip or something where they just be like Crips and never mind. I'm not. I think the New York Crips are outstanding people. It wouldn't be Chicago games because they're extremely violent. It wouldn't be Chicago games because they're extremely violent. They're extremely territorial. And honestly, I'm just like of the mind that I'm not going to trip over some minor shit. These niggas trip over everything. Yeah. And they got too many alliances in Chicago. Don't they got like them stars they aligned under? So not only are you aligned within your gang or not, but you're also aligned with like other gangs right. that are not your gangs. Right. So that's the, too complex. Under the, under the five point or the six point star. Yeah. Like, Wait, think, for real? Like, right. Yeah. yeah. That sounds that sounds like difficult. My thing with gangs was I was always scared of the gangs because I just felt like it required too much of a commitment. Um because so I think gangs two fraternities? started. No, I think fraternities. <laughs> like I don't mind doing community service and helping people. Like the gang commitment was like you got to like stab a nigga or you need to rob this old woman's home or some shit. Like it wasn't nothing positive, you know what I'm saying? Like the commitment required things I didn't think were like um, up to like you know moral standard. So I mean, they tried to say gangs are like here for protection and we protect the community, but. I never saw anything positive. And granted, I mean, I know I grew up in Indiana. Like, I, I did grow up in a fairly fucked up area. So it was like, niggas was in gangs. But that shit just always seemed pretty awful to me. I also didn't fuck with the fact that I wasn't allowed to wear Georgetown Hoya shit, even though it was my favorite basketball team. Wow. It was gang-related or niggas just still in it? <laughs> it was, it was gang-related. <clears throat> so, I used to have... gang? What was the Indianapolis Hoya? The it, was G- it, was G- it was no it was GD in um fucking Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, say, yeah, but I, I would think that covered all the Midwest. What about you, J. Joe? Did well, what kind, what uh, brand of gang did they have in Tennessee? So the niggas on my street, uh, so they had like high school nigga gangs, so like the Royal Knights, and then they had this other group of niggas from East Nashville called South 8, which is weird because it's called South 8. But it was just more like parts of the city gangs. Um, but then the niggas on my street decided that they were going to be Crips. So I think this is back when like maybe Colors were coming out. And like that's back when everybody wanted to be a Crip, not a Blood. Yeah. Um, before the uh, PR for Bloods came out. Rocket in them. Uh, so me and me, me and, and Big Chauncey, man, were the only two niggas that decided that we were just going to go to school and not be in a gang. Um, and <laughs> niggas at my block ended up getting locked. I think it, like three, three of our homeboys got locked up because to be down, you had to do like an armed robbery. That was like yeah, one of the that's stations. a high bar. Right. It's like, it's like it's talking about effort, man. It's and, like, niggas, and niggas got effort. caught. And like niggas went to jail. And like... Yeah, me and DJ Rock, right? Uh, That's a high fucking bar, nigga. But uh, I'm pretty sure that. Like, well, who made up the rule though? Did they start the chapter? I exactly. I don't know who who the <laughs> who, who the uh, what do they call that when they have a new chapter, nigga. They found the charter members. Charter, right? The charter members. Yeah, I don't know who the charter crypt members were in my neighborhood in Bardo, but shout out to them. But no, man, I'm. Like I'm pretty sure I'm in a gang in Chicago now, just because like family um, affiliation. Uh, I meant to re up my li- uh, my gang license when I went to Chicago last time, but I forgot to. 
So I'm gonna figure that out. I'll let y'all know what gang I'm in. Um, do it before you on. hit the city, man. Like don't don't go to Chicago before you get your your paperwork straight. Yeah, I'm I'm good though. I'm pretty whatever, sure. Whatever I do know though, uh, whatever gang I would be in, it would have to be one that's like straight, and I can go anywhere. Like I don't. Right, so like Crips or Bloods, like uh, what happened to like just old school Crips and Bloods? Oh, nigga, you were the police force. Be like, I think some <laughs> of the sets be kind of beefing with each other. Yeah, in that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like they be hella killing each other. Yeah, so it's like I want to make sure I would, whatever it is, it would have to be one of the legit ones. Like I would <laughs> rolling sixties, like anyway. yeah, kind of like <laughs> the frat, but like I wouldn't want to be. For lack of a better word, like something that's paper or something that's like, oh, you can only stay around in this area. You can't go to the other side of town or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, so you want to be in the Alpha Alpha Z, the FAMU Kappa of whatever gang you're in? It would have to be someone on the West Coast, man. The West Coast, you probably get more respect, and they're probably like on lesser silly shit than like New York. Not to say the New York gang members aren't outstanding people. I'm sure you guys are great. I feel like New York um, gangsters are, are that mid because I just don't believe in New York. <laughs> hey, boy, you, I think we should move on because right. you pissed off. You're going to get killed. <laughs> right. right. Don't say that. But also, though, to J.J.'s point, like growing up in Jacksonville, it was kind of the same thing. Like your neighborhood was your gang. It wasn't. Like we didn't have, to my knowledge anyway, we didn't have Crips and Bloods and Gangster Disciples and Latin Kings and all that. We ain't had none of that. We don't have that. Feel like somebody either. in school at one point, like in middle school or some shit, tried to lie and claim they was in that shit, but we ain't have it. And now we have some stuff. I think maybe we do have some Crips and Bloods or something, but a lot of the gangs, so to speak, center around these rap groups and whatever the fuck ENT, and that's what mostly the gang shit is now. So I, I, I want to be a crip because of the dancing. It seems it's festive. As they fun. they do dancing. Bloods do dancing. They got blood walks too. I saw B. I saw B walk. B walk ain't sweet though. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. It, 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 if I did, it would have to be a Cali version, man. Cause they seem a lot cooler on their gang shit. Like if you put a New York gang member, a New York crip next to a Cali crip, the Cali crip just seems a lot, a lot cooler. You don't want to join me and say New York gangsters kind of mid because you're kind of closer to New York than me. No, and I get it. I love New York gang members. Weird. I don't have anything negative to say about those guys. I wish them the absolute best in all of their armed robbery endeavors. I have nothing negative to say about those folks. And you be visiting. I think New York gangsters are probably like a lot more scammy. I mean, and I don't think it's a gangster vibe. problem. I think it's just a New York thing. Like New York, New York niggas are just funny that way. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Cali niggas have a certain vibe, New York niggas have a certain vibe. I think gang culture just vibes better with West Coast niggas than it does already like energetic, emotional, moody ass niggas. You take a moody ass New York nigga and you stack gang on top of them, it's kind of a Pandora's box. Sure. Uh, speaking of moody, man, so Juicy Smalley isn't. Um... Just, just. Why well, write that? I wrote that shit because you told me to write this shit. Jesse Smollett is um, on trial right now for um, for lying to the cops about uh, getting robbed and 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 he was robbed and said he said niggas called him gay and, and was beating but you're gay. Hate crime, hate crimes and shit. Um, but ended up he um, 
had somebody he hired a couple of cats to beat him up um to kind of make it look like like it was a hate crime so he's on trial right now and what a nasty time is going on right now with that young man i feel bad for him honestly i know when we first reported this shit on the podcast about three years ago because we've been doing this podcast for a very long time a very established podcast when we reported this initially um my initial thoughts were this is a lie I remember <laughs> I remember getting backlash in my home and my community. Like, you hate gay niggas. And I was like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's a gay nigga. But he's a nigga first. And it's just not a it's it's a lie and it's not a it's not even a good one. So when that nigga got found out, um it, it I felt vindicated. I still felt bad for him, but I did feel vindicated. But going further into it, like, this shit's gotten kind of gross. Like, apparently they're ch- saying stories, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but basically stories, um, like, in terms of his testimony about, like, how he met the dude um, they hired to beat him up in a bathhouse. They made out. They got they got some sort of sexual contact between them. They was, they was booed. They was kind of booed up a little bit. And he was like, you know what? I need you to do. I need you to whoop my ass and and say and so I can say this is a hate crime so I can get my ratings up on my fuck ass show. And it's crazy. I feel bad for dude. I don't what care. Do do? Um, I don't. I don't care at all. Like this is probably. I. Don't, I mean, it didn't pass anybody's bullshit test. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can look at it from the subway angle when nigga like he went out in twenty degree weather to get subway. He's full of shit. Um, it's a hate crime when there's no hate crime that needs to be committed. He was like on the strip, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't even like he was like in a nondescript alley or some shit. Like this shit is stupid uh, all around. It's really a, a, a not really a noteworthy story. But the snitching that's going on is noteworthy because he is snitching on niggas he doesn't even need to really be snitching on. Like Don Lemon got caught up in this shit recently. He's yeah. calling Don Lemon out, and it's like, whoa, what you doing, bro? Um, what happened with that? Well, what was Don Lemon doing? So Don Lemon gave allegedly when he was going through the whole investigation shit. Don Lemon was the one that gave him the heads up, saying, "Hey man, the police not really fucking with your story, or whatever." You know, Blase Skip, and that that prompted him to either enhance or change his story because Don Lemon is feeding him like information in the background. Nobody knew that. You know what I'm saying? But now, all of a sudden, we're getting into this, I guess, the trial portion or whatever portion we're in right now. And now, this nigga Smoulier is, like, bringing up, he got Don Lemon's name in his mouth. Like, yeah, like, Don Lemon. snitching on him? Yes! This nigga singing! So now, people are calling for Don Lemon to be fired from CNN because he was doing the same thing. Not really the same thing. But he was doing things that were in the same lane that Chris Cuomo was doing for his brother Helping him out in the background for his bullshit. Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, (laughs) Pause. No, 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 no. (laughs) A couple things. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh man. Do you put uh, like? I guess at what point do you put family before other shit? Like with the Cuomo situation, man. Like, 
I mean, they're brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure he would have did it again. I mean, if that's your brother, that's your brother, your brother's going down as governor, and you can help that motherfucker out somewhat, you know what I'm saying? I'd do the same thing. I mean, that's your brother. Like, not your half-brother, not your, not your third cousin or nothing like that. Like, that's your brother, nigga. You better ride for that nigga. No, no, yeah, that was right. He definitely. I think Chris Como was completely right in holding holding down his brother. Mm. But Don Lemon, that ain't your cousin or nothing. Y'all just light skin and gay together. Uh, It's not the same. I feel like Don Lemon put his um, and Don Lemon got a man. Like he only he only need me trying to um, hold down Jesse like that. Like I think it was kind of he gonna get fired. Like they already because I mean. Didn't Chris Cuomo create the precedent? Yeah. I to think fire so. niggas for <laughs> being overly helpful? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, tighten up. Whoa. Amen. Right. <laughs> I, I think I got something that expired. Right. Next. Hey, up. man. You, gonna, you need a neti pot <laughs> or something. Hey, oh. man. This is all Calvin's fault because this nigga sent me a note like for some sort of natural healing shit for mucus. And I was like, hey, man. I've been straight for like five days now. I think that nigga put some hocus pocus well, on me. Why do you take any medical advice from from Calvin? I didn't. Again, that's kind again, of the point. Friend, friend of the show. <laughs> right. So, oh, the show. so, so you did. Do and what a friend, he said. but still. <laughs> hey, so you did do what he said, and now it's worse because <laughs> that day. I was like, "Nah, I'm straight, dog." And then the next thing you know, I I, I knew that shit was gonna happen. I. But as soon how as I told that, him, how did that nigga know that you were mucusy? Yeah. Because he listened to the podcast. Oh, okay. he was like, he was like, man, you sound like shit on the podcast. You sound all fucked up and congested. I'm like, I'm straight. Do you do you have like chronic bronchitis or something? Because you've been juicy chested for like a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that juicy smile? You got to be juicy chested, dog. That's fucking. Gotta add that to my prayer. It was funny. I can't. I'm not gonna. I blame you, Calvin. <laughs> Juicy man, this shit has been this shit is longer than the fucking uh Meg the Stallion and I'm about to say Trey Songs, the other the, uh whatever the little nigga is trial nigga. God damn, like that shit yeah. never even went to trial. But this shit, like that nigga going, I think that nigga going to jail. But is this like a a civil case? Is this no. like a criminal? Case? Nah, this is the case case. I don't know how this shit got like That's a real case. Co- so many continuances where it hasn't. You know, I guess because it's so minor, because it's basically just what well, well, it's it's making a false, making a false claim. I don't think it's a big crime, but it's still a crime. I mean, you got to be careful. Some states, that shit, like you can't just make shit up, nigga. But shit. still, though, I mean, he's still giving up more information. Like, all right, if you get caught, be like, all right, well, fuck it, it wasn't a hate crime, and that didn't happen. But you don't need to be like, it wasn't a hate crime, it didn't happen, and really I had masturbated with this nigga 45 minutes before. Like, nigga, that's not a part of the story that anybody needed to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole masturbation part is completely voluntary from Smollier. It makes no sense. Like, he's like... I think Smollier want niggas... You let them niggas play, like, basketball. Like, how do you ask your homeboy, like, are you trying to jack off beside each other? Like, like after basketball, then you be like, nigga, shit. I don't think they were you feel like jacking off? You trying to rub one out? No, with a nigga invited him to the bathhouse. I feel like if you invite a nigga to a house of baths, 
it's already kind of being <laughs> it's kind of setting the table. Yeah, but they got but yeah, but it's like like I said, it's like trying to check from the Midwest. Like nigga, how do you like come? Like how do you bring it up, nigga? I, I don't know. Well, I guess it's I never understood that. Do they have person. straight bathhouses? I don't think so. Damn. I mean, because I mean. What, what, is, what is a bathhouse? Isn't it just a house with a bunch of bathtubs? It, not really bathtubs, but I think it's like <laughs> it's like what do you call them? Waiting pools or whatever? It's like a big like sauna type situation. They have them in like Little Rock with the hot springs and shit like that. Where you go Our in, kind of like it's a sauna. You like sit around the pool. This is what I've seen from fucking pictures and movies and shit, okay? Namely movies about like bathhouses and shit like that. They were real popular in like the eighties and nineties. So apparently like you go like a little shallow pools, you got the towel on, you got the towel around you, it's really hot, real steamy. You can like go oh. like to the waiting pool and like go and discuss whatever the fuck the things of the day are. Like a big facility that's like much like a sauna. They had something like that in Indiana called the Sybaris. Did you go? In Sp- no man. The okay. Sybaris was um not for children. For one, but for two, the Sybaris was like where people, like nasty niggas, just like congregated. Like it was basically like a hotel room that had like hot, several hot tubs in them, and you could just rent it by the hour. That house, and it used man. to be on commercials like it at like four a.m. Like if like it was late, and you'd be like, "Come to the Sybaris," you know what I'm saying? And that's what it was. I mean, even the name sounds like syphilis, yeah. so it's kind of like. A little bit nasty, a little bit. But I think that's, it that's basically the bathhouse they had in the back of the crib. Mm. Uh, Indiana bathhouse? Oh man, that sounds fucking horrible. It sounds hairy. It sounds um, sweaty. <laughs> sounds must. It sounds musty. It sounds super, super musty. <laughs> Even the commercial is musty. Like it would be like this, this fat Larry Bird looking nigga. Like come to the Sybaris. I'm like, no nah, man, you you finna be there. I'm not kicking with you, nigga. Yeah, so uh, nasty times, man. You got to go to jail, Smalier. I mean, I not not because I want you to go to jail, but I, I kind of want you to go to jail. I don't know. We'll see, man. Thoughts and prayers. Um, <laughs> what's wanna... up? What's, what's up with the? Was it the prosecutor reading the text messages, letting the N word fly? I think that what? was what? Huh? <laughs> so yeah. Right, this so, shit funny, dog. Right, like so the fucking prosecutor in there, like, so, so, hey, what's up, nigger? Why don't we go to the <laughs> fucking bathhouse? And I feel like jacking some nigger dick. Oh, well, you know, so they were like, "Cuz, could you chill out? Well, like, could you just say like the n word or like spell it out? Like, I'm about to get these a like, bombs off. Right, right. They nigger tokens, boy. They oh. go apes. Right. Oh man. Anyway, uh, oh shit! You say got him crazy. Shout out to Old Town Three Five Seven. Oh, classic. MPAP. I, I told y'all how I got um, a whooping for getting that on the box several times, right? I'm sure you can imagine it. I probably did. Yeah, I got a, a whooping for ordering juicy um, by Old Town Three Five Seven like eight times on the box back in. Back in the early 90s, but anyway. 
It's what it is. Um, what was on? So, uh, okay, so. Nigga flustered. Shift to sports. Nigga start flashback. I don't have flashback. That was a good video, dog. Okay, all right. All right. Check. Okay, all right. Um, let's see. That was back when I was showing belly buttons. Like, have. BNTB's underarms are sweat during that uh, video. Kind of grossed me out. Of yeah, because she was like pumping. Yeah. yeah. Pumping a little That's when niggas was really dancing hard, so shout out to them. Um, but yeah, so shifting to sports. So, you know, as we all know, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, we all went to HBCU, so we definitely go hard for fam you but you know we, we got love and respect for HBCUs in general so I, I think we reported a while back when um, Master P son Hersey Miller man, I hate that. Hersey Miller um, signed to go to Tennessee State to play basketball I think he was like a three star recruit so it was a big deal uh, for Tennessee State um, also along with that uh, Master P um, uh Pledge to donate resources and you know and funding to the to the program. Um, so it was really in general a good look for Tennessee State. It was a good look for HBCU athletics and things like that. So um, this week, uh, Hersey Miller decided to um, join the transfer portal, um, leaving you know and thereby leaving Tennessee State. He I know he was injured. He had a hip injury. They came um, like a couple of weeks ago, and I guess the suggestion from the team doctors were that it wasn't so bad to where he couldn't play. He could still play, but I guess Master P had him go get a second opinion and was like, no, you need to not play the rest of the season, and that was it. Uh, Hersey Miller was averaging 10, about 10 minutes a game and a little over two points a game. Um, as a freshman with Tennessee State, any thoughts on on this? Um, ultimately, Master P said, you know, he left because uh, Tennessee State didn't have the proper medical facilities or personnel to treat his son. Tennessee State's response was, we had more medical facilities and resources than most programs our size, so that's not really true. Um, so, what are y'all thoughts on this? Um, masterpiece full of shit. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think it matters which way the medical goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you went to Tennessee State. Um, you, somebody of your ilk, you've done the research before you sent your son to Tennessee State. And that's fine. You know, and your son, he got whatever injury or he didn't get whatever injury. All right, whatever the fuck. But then we're at this point now where... As, as, using a JJ word, you juxtapose the situation that Tennessee State has and how they handled it and how Master P is handle it, handling it versus the way the Deion Sanders handles situations at Jackson State, right? Whenever there's a deficiency at Jackson State, Deion Sanders, and I'm not a Jackson State fan, um, puts his money where his mouth is and he helps make the situation better. He will never badmouth the HBCU. You know what I'm saying? He'll be like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take money out of my own fucking pocket, and we're going to bring X, Y, and Z to Jackson State to make Jackson State better. And he does that. He's done that more than once, and he does it very publicly, basically on some, 
fuck these crackers. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, we're about to make this shit fucking better, nigga. I'm still riding with Jackson State. It's a different situation with Master P, even though he has the resources. You did all of this building up to say your son is going to Tennessee State. My son's going to Tennessee State. He's going to an HBCU. All of these great things. But then you turn around. How long has the son been at Tennessee State? I ain't been a season. It just, yeah. just started. It's been it's been X amount of months. Now you're turning around and you're bashing the fucking you're bashing the HBCU on yeah, an, a national stage. At the very minimum, if it was a medical issue, just say it's best for me and my family to leave Tennessee State and leave Tennessee State out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like we want to look for a different opportunity. You don't have to bash the HBCU on the way out, which kind of either means that Master P's kind of petty or something like that. I don't know what the, what the adjective is. He's kind of fucked up for doing that. He's kind of like being vindictive or malicious on his way out. Or he's full of shit and there's nothing wrong with his son. And he just wants to leave the HBCU without, you know what I'm saying, looking looking bad. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be an excuse for us to leave. We can't just up and walk out. You know what I'm saying? That would just look bad. So he might have to blame it on medical. Either way, to me personally, it doesn't look good on Master P to be resolving the situation for this way. He's either bashing an HBCU or he's bashing an HBCU. You know what I'm saying? And I would much rather he act differently in this situation. But, I mean, hell, he decided not to. Right. So I think it's the latter. I think he wants to leave and not be criticized. Um but I don't think he's bright. I mean, he's a genius in some things, but I don't know if he's if he has the wherewithal to figure out that like bashing the same institution you were bigging up six months ago is the way to go. You know e- what I'm saying? E- like you could have bought out no, no IQ. Yeah, IQ with no EQ. Right there we go. Look at that. Put that on a t-shirt, nigga. Um. So yeah. It, like like Wood said, like he he literally undid everything that he did prior, and that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's already hard enough to get these kids to go to HBCUs. You know what I'm saying? And for you to have such a big stage, which everybody was bigging you up for. You know what I'm saying? And for you to go out like this, yeah, that's just that's some bullshit. Um, and I heard uh, that his son was slow anyway. That's a Tennessee word for not very good. Um, so, I mean, he's probably pointing a lot of fingers at other people and not pulling the thumb. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully they can bounce back. Uh, my homeboy's brother is the athletic director, so he's turning a whole lot of things around. I think this is his first year doing that. So. Um, give him time, and and I think like Tennessee State basketball team might be like one and three. The head coach is from Nashville, like one of the little homies that we grew up with in our neighborhood. Um, call him Little Penny. Um, so hopefully they can get that turned around and and, and back on the right track. But yeah, that 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 masterpiece shit was wasn't cool, and he shouldn't name his son Hersey either. I think it, I think he has like three sons, like Hersey, Mercy, and Mercy, like Huey, Dewey, and Louis, something like that. Not Mercy. Like all that names do rhyme. Yeah. N- not to change the subject, J. Joe, but people basically shat on my Bone Thugs and Three Six opinion because I've never had Tennessee hot chicken. Um, 
And you brought up slaw for a minute there, and I was thinking, Tennessee hot chicken seems like it would go good with slaw. Is that a thing? Is the slaw on the Tennessee hot chicken at all? No, just just pickles. Is that what they it should put slaw? But they put they put slaw. They put slaw. I'm sorry. I would think you need a cooling effect somewhere on the hotness of the chicken. It seems like the slaw would do well to do that. Uh, just yeah, two like it said, uh, it said uh, it was like a hot chicken sandwich, and then it had slaw on it. I, I saw that like at a restaurant. So, so what am I going to get the Nashville, J. Sure you know that. Huh? When am I going to get the Nashville, man? I need you as the mayor of Nashville to like facilitate me going to the Mecca of hot chicken and... Like I'm trying to get a trying to get a podcast uh, retreat anywhere. We're supposed to do New Orleans. Yeah, I'll shit on that. Uh, maybe we should move it to Nashville. I'm 100 percent behind anything I'm, in New Orleans. I'm down. I'm down for either spot, but I I haven't been to Nashville in so long. All right. I do have a question though. I'm going to Atlanta this weekend, and I know they got a Hattie B's there. Is there Hattie B's all right? Have you had it, or is it uh, so? Had fuck with it. Hattie B's is like uh, gentrified, gentrified Nashville uh, hot chicken. Um, it's it still it still has some elements, but it's not as good as um, some of the places in Nashville. How many pickles do you put on a hot chicken? How many pickles do you put on hot chicken? Huh? How many pickles do you put on? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. These are sliced pickles, right? Right. How many do you put on a hot chicken? Just two. Just, just like two. That's it? You be making yeah. a big deal out of these fucking pickles and they only gave you two fucking pickles? And two pieces of white bread, yep. So they don't put it on a bun? Mm-mm. It's not a chicken sandwich. So if you oh, go to Hattie B's... Like a, if you like go to Hattie, chicken plate. Right, so Hattie B's hot chicken, mostly the outside is hot. Um, when you go to Prince's or like a Bolton's in Nashville, the, it's, the actual chicken is seasoned better. And you get the the heat from like the chicken and the skin, whereas uh, Hattie B's is not. But I mean, it's cool. Try Hattie B's. Twenty twenty two. We're going to fucking Nashville or New Orleans for the with all the respect retreat. Book it. Hold on, though. Yeah. What you said? Retreat? Huh? Yeah. Coach. Don't. That's all right. Coach. <laughs> the we the we treat. <laughs> all right, we go to the we treat. I'm down for it. Um. Also want to give a shout out to since we're talking about HBUs, HBCUs shit. Um, shout out to um, <laughs> Texas Southern uh, for beating uh, University of Florida ranked number 20 in the country pretty definitively um, at home. So shout out to y'all. Also, it looks like Hugh Jackson is going to be the next coach of um, Grambling. Grambling State, which is, you know, it's a big deal for them. It's a big deal for Hugh, the, the swag looking kind of um, crazy now, but <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You know what I'm saying? So um, shout out to HBCU Athletics, y'all doing y'all thing and, and really trying to move the culture forward, except for you, Master P, except for you. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm about to close out the podcast. I know this ain't on the dossier. Would, did anybody uh, watch, did, were you watch supposed this? to say that out loud or was that something you're supposed to say in your head? No, I said it out loud. Oh, okay. You want me like uh, a preacher? It was it supposed to be out loud? It, it was supposed to be out loud. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, it just seems kind of odd that you say we're about to close out the podcast. I mean, just... Sorry. Go ahead. No, we're not. But, I, I mean, I just wanted to... I know we didn't have this on the, the thing, but 
Anybody watching? Um, did we talk about any shows? Have you been watching any of these shows? Which shows? There are a lot. We got to talk about delivery. this week, but like, like, I, what what you call it? Um, we never talked about the um about power. We ain't said shit about insecure. I guess because it's not good, but. Let's wait until next week to talk about all the shows because there's a lot of shows we got to talk about. I mean, BMF is over. We okay, never cool. even finished out BMF. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about sure. Insecure, how it's going right now. We haven't talked about. Um, yeah, fucking Succession. Um, what's the show? The Wonder Years. You know, we haven't talked about any of that type of shit. So we have it. Okay, cool. That sounds. We'll do good a TV a TV episode. Right on. That sounds like a plan. Have niggas start date. Um. Getting shit ready for Christmas. Let's shopping. also talk about that on the next episode. Let's stop chit chatting on this episode. Nigga, want to talk like about it. Christmas shopping and shit on this episode? Oh, okay. Mm, write that down. Take a note. That's cool. Well, I think we've closed out this dossier. We've Christmas this episode dossier next week. Is that what y'all trying to do? Christmas episode next week? Is that what? I think is? so. I think so. Let's let's get the holidays going, and then we would start going. After that, we'll probably start talking year and review shit jay joe let's do some polls man let's do some polls about christmas movies and uh what's your favorite like christmas sex like let's talk about it <laughs> yeah let's have a christmas episode good. all right christmas sex black santa clauses in your communities i don't know if black excited. santa claus i just found a eggnog versus was it coquito, coquito. Yes. Kremas. Is Christmas the fucking holiday? And if so, is the fucking on Christmas Eve or on Christmas? When is the fucking take place? This is all it's all valid. Okay, cool. Well we'll talk about this next week, but you don't have to take my word for it. Here's some other books that you might like. But you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> You rock with us this far in the podcast. Obviously, you like something. Go ahead, visit Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Show your love, show your support. We love providing quality content for you guys. We do it absolutely free of charge. We do it out the kindness of our heart. But the way that you increase our footprint, increase the popularity of this podcast, is to support. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And as always, if your shit is hot enough, it just might be on the show. Now, for the with all due respects. With all due respect, it is that time again, that time again being Christmas time. It is also one of the time where parents and adults be on that bullshit, specifically regarding the topic of Santa Claus. So for some reason, these, these you, whoever the fuck, these new parents feel as though they can't tell their kids about Santa Claus because they feel like they don't want to lie to their kids. They don't want to start their relationships off wrong. And that's a horseshit type of response, right? If you're too lazy to participate in the Christmas ritual of Santa Claus, that's great. If you just don't feel like doing it, that's great. If you just never had that experience yourself, that's great. But let's not hide behind the thinly veiled motherfucking lie of I don't want to lie to my kids, right? Because parents, you lie to your kids all the fucking time. Like, let's not act like Santa Claus is the line in the sand where you don't want to fucking lie. I actually saw this in a Kappa group today. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, oh, 
I don't want to lie to my kids. I've never told my kids about fucking uh, Santa Claus because I don't lie to my motherfucking children. But I'm like, my nigga, you the same nigga that be in Conclave in that province in the fucking hospitality suite looking like a Luke fucking freak show. But you wasn't Captain Integrity then. That's the thing, right? We got like a selective integrity sort of shit. We'll draw the line at Santa Claus. But we got a whole fucking drug habit, you know what I'm saying, behind closed doors. Or we got a side chick on the side. Or you're a motherfucking mom and you fucking, like, you doing all type of other bullshit. Like, you stealing from niggas, you know what I'm saying? You got chicks out here robbing niggas. A chick will literally rob a nigga or be associated with scammer or a scammer herself. But she draws a line at Santa Claus because she doesn't want to lie to her fucking son. So, it's a really weird situation because the Santa Claus thing is some exercise and integrity that a lot of adults are going through right now and i get it if you don't want to play the santa claus game but i would much prefer a better excuse than i don't want to lie to my kid because at the end of the day part of being a parent 30 percent of being a parent is lying to your motherfucking kid it's not to hurt them it's not to harm them it's not to lead them astray but in order to fucking live this life that we live and put our kids on the path for success, we cannot give them the truth all at the same time. We will eventually tell them the truth. It may not be today, and it may not be tomorrow, but eventually they will get it. So when it comes to this Santa Claus shit, it doesn't all have to be today. Let it be tomorrow, with all due respect. With all due respect, um, laughter really is the best medicine. If you think about it, sometimes you'll be feeling down, but see something funny or go hang out with your friends or whatever and you start to feel better and so um you know the holidays can be difficult for some um or you know maybe just people are winding down to the end of the year or whatever but just try to think positive thoughts um maybe call up somebody you haven't talked to in a while uh, give them a shout, see what's going on with them, meet up with them for happy hours, swing by the house, whatever, and just kick it and hang out, and you'll most likely feel better without the respect. With all due respect, earlier this week, I was look, looking at an article about how the nuclear family ruined American society. Nuclear family referring to um, basically the movement that started around like the 60s and 70s where families went from being large swaths of of of, of family in in one community to because of you know several reasons um getting a college education and kind of moving away from um, based off of that going to college and moving away based off of that building a family um separated from your family and basically how families became more of smaller units that were spread out throughout the country as opposed to just one large com commune of people that kind of just stuck together over generations. Um, it was done because, you know, because of the, the fact that if you had a large communal communal family you could get a lot of shit done like you could you could run a farm you could have businesses together you could you could basically build a community within your community that could be sustained over generations and it was successful it was economically viable it was a a great way to just continue your family 
um, <laughs> and your legacy. Like you could share stories. It was just a beautiful thing. And they showed in this in the articles talking about how the nuclear family kind of ruined all that because it, it it took away that piece of how of kind of our culture as Americans, but just maintaining a culture as a family. And if I think about my own family, everybody's very spread out. A lot of people are dead. Um, family's fairly small in that sense. Um, my, like I said, my mother-in-law has been here since really my mother-in-law has been here most of the year. So she was here with us. Like when we moved in to our house, um, she was like the first person to find out we was pregnant. Cause we didn't know. And then she was like, Oh, y'all pregnant. And then we took a test and found out he was having a baby. She came back in uh, September um, to help us before the baby came to get the house prepared and all the stuff that you don't really think about when you're preparing to have a child. But, you know, just older folks just know which the stuff that you need to do in order to be prepared for a child and then to go through that whole process. And she's been a godsend in that sense. And just it, remind, it reminds me of the fact that, OK, they live in New York very far away. Um, my family spread out. It would be nice to make that shift back to that that communal lifestyle. And I'm speaking probably more so for myself because I know Wood has that kind of that environment. 5,000 has a lot of family just right there in one place. Um, but I think it's it's a beautiful thing. I envy it. Um, and I wish that was a there was a cultural shift to kind of get families to stay in one place i'm not going to necessarily say i'm gonna tell my daughters what to do in terms of how to live their life but i will say or share with them the value of of your family being close to you the us being like a, a basically an asset for you as you um, mature as you have your own family as you as your family has a family and things of that nature it, it just makes life easier um, it's a beautiful thing, and I definitely want to give. I gave my appreciation to my mother-in-law, but in general, it's, just, it's important to have family close to you um, to hold, have your back in times when you need them the most. With all due respect. With all due respect, the sneaker app is the best worst thing ever created. Um, for those that don't know what the sneaker app is. It's an app where it's a Nike app. I think it's a Nike app. I don't know. It's an app where you sign up and they show you all the new releases and you ask them to notify you when like the new shoes come out. So Jordans, whatever, LeBron's, whoever the fuck shoes are coming out. So at nine o'clock central time, uh, they'll send you an alert letting you know that the shoes that you wanted to be notified of, um, about they're doing a draw so you already put your card in um, you put your size in and then you enter the, the drawing if you win the drawing they automatically take the money out of your account and they just send you the shoes um, but Niggas usually lose 99.9% of the fucking time, uh, which is frustrating, but it also uh, stirs something in you where you're like, well, fuck, I want to win. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the genius part of this whole shit. So now I'm telling the fucking app to notify me about every fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? Like 
the fucking it's the fucking Hispanic Heritage Month ones. Oh yeah, let me just notify me when them come out. So now I'm around here just double clicking every fucking shoe because I'm always losing. So at this point, I'm not even thinking I'm gonna get the fucking shoe. And then lo and behold, you paying two hundred and fifty dollars for the Mexican ones. So I'm just saying. Uh, fuck you, sneaker app, and I also appreciate you, sneaker app, because you make my days. Uh, it gives it gives a little bit of spice to my nine o'clock, with all due respect. 